Which sunscreen is best for kids? When should my child start learning how to swim? What are the deets on bug spray? All that and more on this episode of The Healthiest You. So we are in the full swing of summer, family vacations and outdoor activities in full swing. Uh, Mike, what was the best summer vacation you went on as a kid? I'll never forget it. It was the whole family. That was when I got four siblings, right? So it was five of us, my mom and dad, and we were trying to trap chipmunks. What? Yes, up in the cabin in the woods. It was fantastic. And then my dad almost burned the cabin down. Well, but it's still a fond memory for me. <laughs> I don't know what, what that really says about my other vacations, uh-huh. but that was clearly the best. How about you? Um, I know growing up, we usually spend like a week at my grandmother's house in Pittsburgh. So we would take the four and a half hour drive out. We'd spend a week there, do a bunch of like touristy things. I saw all my cousins who I never saw all the time. And then the four and a half hour drive back. And uh, I liked it because it was like a yearly tradition and it was a lot of fun. Mm. Anything bad ever happened on your vacation stuff? Summer vacation? Uh, yes, but I can't mention it on uh, on the podcast. So um, was it bad or good? No, no, it was, <laughs> it was kind of bad. Moving on, shall we? I know one year on the vacation. In fact, the same year we tried to chest, uh, get the ch- chipmunks. Everyone, I got a very bad case of uh, poison ivy. Oh my goodness! Like yeah. like having to go to the hospital? No, nah, we just had to sit in the, what they called sits baths or whatever. We sat there, sat there in the tub, while everyone else had a great time for well, most of the week. Now I react poorly to uh, poison ivy as well. Calamine lotion, where you just like covered head to toe. Oh, it was something. I was a little kid. I don't know what it was. It could, you know, back then, <laughs> mercurochrome. I don't know what they're slapping on me. <laughs> it was something. Well, we are here uh, with some tips and tricks to keep your kids safe this summer. Uh, joining us is pediatric nurse practitioner Crystal Trinkle with Lehigh Valley Riley Children's Hospital. Crystal, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Listen, Crystal, get right into the summer full swing. When you're applying sunscreen before going outdoors, whether it's sunny or cloudy is important, right? But which is the better option to use on my kids, mineral or chemical sunscreen? And can you explain the difference? Sure. So um, it's definitely important to always put on sunscreen when going outside throughout the summer. Um, And mineral sunscreen is sunscreen that really just kind of sits more on the skin. It's a little bit harder to... um, absorb into the skin and chemical sunscreen is a sunscreen that will absorb directly into the skin. So for children, um, we generally recommend more of a mineral sunscreen and also finding a sunscreen that's labeled as a broad spectrum because that covers both UVB and UVA rays. So I think you already answered this question, but just to be sure, what ingredients should you look for in a sunscreen and are there any you should avoid? Zinc oxide or titanium dioxide are generally the minerals that we see in sunscreen. Um, The one you want to avoid would be the oxybenzone, which is a sunscreen chemical that sometimes might actually have a little bit of hormonal properties. But regardless, whatever you can find, we definitely want sunscreen on children due to the um, to prevent sunburns, which can cause skin cancer later in life. So. Regardless, any sunscreen that we can get for them is really important. Or um, even they make uh, UV protection clothing would be another option to put them in like longer sleeves that are thin and a hat. Uh, let's get into SPF. We see it on the bottles of 40, the 30, the 25. What do you recommend for kids and how often should it be reapplied? So usually for kids, I usually say at least 30 up to about SPF 50 
should be applied at least every two hours. Or, for instance, if they can come out of the pool, you want to reapply it. If they're really sweaty, you would want to reapply it as well. And at least every two hours for sure. Uh, Some great ideas, Simon says, connect the dots, uh, do a sing-along while you're applying sunscreen. Crystal, do you have any tricks for putting sunscreen on kids? Yeah, I mean, I was always a fan of using head, shoulders, knees, and toes, get all the exposed areas, and we kind of sing along doing our head and shoulders and our knees and toes um, with regards to the face. Um, You could do different, like, little dances, YMCA dances, so they hold their hands above their head so that as you do their face, they're not trying to, you know, move your hands away or hit them away. Can you just wait till they're asleep and just apply it then? (laughs) (laughs) But then you have to reapply. (laughs) I heard that there are UV stickers you can wear that turn purple when you need to apply more. Uh, How does that work? And do you recommend parents use these on their kids? Um, As far as the stickers go, um, it's something actually that we haven't heard a ton about. Um, I did look them up and saw recently um, that parents have been starting to use them. My best rule of thumb is really as long as you're reapplying every hour to two hours, you should be okay, and you really don't need to buy the stickers. Okay. Uh, Bug spray or sunscreen, which comes first, and is there a product that combines the two? That is a good question. Unfortunately, um, the American Academy of Pediatrics doesn't recommend the products when they are on the market that combine sunscreen with any type of um, like DEET or uh, bug spray containing the DEET activities. Um, Usually we recommend doing sunscreen first. Sunscreen has to be applied more frequently throughout the day. DEET um, can be varied based on the amount of uh, percentage of DEET in the bug spray is how often you have to apply it. You base it on the percentage. That, That brings me to the whole DEET question. What should I look for in a bug repellent for kids? And is it safe to use a bug spray with DEET in it? And at what age? Yeah, so um, DEET-containing repellents are definitely the most effective insect repellents as long as you're following the directions on the label, um, especially following their product safety guidelines. Uh, Generally, 10% DEET provides protection for about two hours. 30% DEET protects for about five hours. Um, and per our AAP, the American Academy of Pediatrics, they actually don't recommend any repellents that contain more than 30% DEET. Um, and then we also don't recommend any type of insect repellents on babies under two months of age. Instead, we would say, you know, using those nettings that you can put over their strollers or their pack and plays if you have them outside. If parents find a tick on their child, what should they do? Is it important to keep the tick in case they have a reaction? Um, yeah, they could definitely keep the tick in like a plastic bag. We don't generally send the ticks out for testing usually. Um, the most important things are to try to figure out, for one, if they know how long the tick's been attached. Um, we always generally ask, you know, in Pennsylvania, we're considered the endemic area where we do see a lot of um, higher incidences of Lyme's disease. So it would be important to know what type of a ticket is as well. And then I always recommend calling and letting your um, healthcare provider, your primary care provider know about the tick because they can then provide further guidance. If, you know, if the tick bite has happened like within the same day, a 24 hour period, 
how long was the tick attached? And then is there any other steps that have to be made based on that criteria? Mm, I have such bad memories about ticks. Yeah. When I was a kid, I had a tick stuck in my head. It was for, horrible. For how long? It's still there. No, I'm like it. Uh, no, my, <laughs> they did all the basic stuff, the tweezers, the hot match, the Vaseline. I think in the end, they just offered the better head. It just went to my brothers. Oh, st- it's all about real estate. Okay. Hey, um, <laughs> uh, and many families head to the beach, the lake, or spend their time to get poolside. What are the most important precautions to take to keep your kids safe at the water? The best biggest precaution is to never leave children alone near any pool, spa, any type of um, lake or um, ocean area, never ever alone, not even for a moment. Um, Whenever children under the age of five are in water, it is um, advised that you have an adult in the water with that child within arm's reach at all times. Um, we call that touch supervision and preferably always having somebody that knows CPR, um, at, in the pool or next to them or as close to them as possible too, if it would need it. Um, people are also now doing more of those like inflatable pools, um, where you can blow them up and leave them in your backyard. Generally, those aren't required to have a fence around them, but then they become a pretty big drowning hazard. So, um, especially because they don't have fences, we our um, awareness sometimes is not as great um, and not as cautious around them. So draining those every night to make sure that a kid can't fall into an inflatable pool or putting up a fence around any type of inflatable pool or like kids' um, hard plastic swimming pools. Uh, Both of my kids were relatively young when they learned how to swim. And in fact, my younger of two did like a, hey, this is what it's like being in the water. So that was an even younger uh, class. But at what age do you recommend kids start learning how to swim? So generally, I say once they're a year old, if they're developmentally on track with a one-year-old and developmental skills are all there, it definitely is beneficial to get kids in the water and practicing swimming and some sort of like swim instruction uh, classes. Um, You know, the more kids are exposed and learn more, the hope is that generally they will be safer, but you never want to just solely base it on if the kid's able to swim, you still want to be there. You still want to provide that supervision. Even if your child has completed those swim classes, um, there still is a risk of drowning. Sometimes even the best swimmers can have um, you know, drowning incidents for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you always have to be careful. I know, Steph, you have a, uh, the riptide when you were older, right? Yeah, when I was uh, late teens, early 20s, and I had an issue one time with riptide, and that was made me scared of the ocean actually ever since. So, If you give like a water birth, is that considered your first swim lesson? I can't even. <laughs> just think about that for a second. Hey, he's talking about, I, talking about water. Uh, how do you make sure your child stays hydrated? So definitely making sure you always have water on hand. Um, Some parents really enjoy buying those water bottles that have like by 9 a.m. you're supposed to drink this much. By 10 a.m. you're supposed to drink, you know, this much. Um, And then there's also guidelines. You can even find it on the AAP website of, you know, based on your child's age, how many ounces they should be drinking a day to stay hydrated. And And that varies based on age, but... Um, making sure their mouth is nice and moist and they're still going to the bathroom the way they normally do is also good signs and indicators of hydration status. 
kids are always on the move and off to the next activity. So what are some important things parents need to remind their kids about as they're moving and grooving? Um, definitely making sure we protect our heads, knees, and toes. Um, so you know, elbow pads, knee pads, helmets if they're riding, you know, anything with wheels, I usually say. So rollerblades, roller skates, scooters, um, even those little motorized Jeeps. Kids should always have helmets on to protect their head. Um, you know, also looking at, depending on if they're playing in a development, road safety, looking before they cross the street. Um, and then always making sure a parent knows where you are. Um, some For younger kids, it's also great to teach them to be within sight of their mom or dad or their guardian. So like teaching a child, you know, if you can see me, then I can see you and we're okay. Uh, let's get into activities. And, and here's something I have a question about. The, uh, growing up for me, it was television. Too much television, your eyes are going to go bad, your mind's going to rot. And but it was a, the television was there in a room. You couldn't move it. They come in, unplug it. You had to go outside and play. Mm-hmm. Now the screen is in your hand. How much screen time should I allow my child to have during the day over summer break? So the standard recommendation is usually no more than two hours of screen time in a day. Our goal is, you know, it's summer, it's nice out. We want to get outside. We want to get all that physical activity in, get some good vitamin D with our sunblock um, on, and really just trying to stay active. Um, activity and physical activity is great for your overall health, for your mental health, as well as your physical well-being, in, um, in addition to having a healthy diet as well. Did, did you say two hours? Yeah, that's great. Turning in my parenting card. <laughs> Two hours. I think that's before breakfast. Okay. Wow. This has been a great interview, Crystal. Uh, Yeah. uh, Typically, fireworks displays have only been like limited to July 4th, but now we have them with baseball games. They're a big part of summer activities. If parents are planning to take their kids to a fireworks display, how should Mm -hmm. they prepare? So, um, definitely getting ear protection. Some fireworks are extremely loud. Um, decibels of 150 and higher, which considered safe levels would be more like 75 to 80 (laughs) decibels. So, one loud burst is definitely enough to cause some serious damage to their hearing. So, looking into ear protection. So, there's de- many different places that sell um, noise canceling, like um, headphones that kids can wear that cover their entire ear, especially for the younger kids, um, infants, toddlers, for sure. Um, and then trying to make sure you're viewing it from a safe distance as well. Generally, most places set up um, where you can view from and where it's considered safe. Yeah, I, I love fireworks. You do the firework thing every year, Steph? Fourth of July, go out uh, and see some fireworks. Yeah, sort of. It's like a tradition in my house. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I gotta tell you something. I'm not a fan of the backyard fireworks. No, I, I really, I'm not. really not. I love watching them. And a lot of people run around with these sparklers. And that's another thing. They look innocent enough, but they are extremely hot. Yep. Very, very hot. Uh, what age is appropriate for children to hold a sparkler? And I don't really like kids holding sparklers. I know I may be an old fuddy-duddy, but do you have a tip for protecting their hands when they hold it? So technically, my recommendation is that children don't use sparklers. I would prefer them waving flags or glow sticks instead of the sparklers. 
when you say they're hot, they can be like 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit, yeah. enough to burn some and melt some metals for sure. So sparks from them can also ignite clothing and cause eye injuries. So generally, I say having your kid have fun glow sticks, waving flags as alternatives to sparklers, just because of the amount of injuries that get presented to the emergency rooms, even just from sparklers. I know the serious dangers hot cars pose during this time of year. So what are some important ways that parents can keep their kids safe? And how can protecting children from a hot car be a community effort? Yeah, so as a community, always, you know, when you're getting out at the post office or the grocery store, keeping an eye on your surroundings. If you see a child in a car without a parent, definitely um, calling 911, alerting um, emergency services for sure. Um, As far as a parent keeping your kids safe from being in the hot car, having some sort of a reminder if you have your children with you to make sure that you didn't leave them in your car because you were going to run quick into the store and right back out. Um, Putting like a phone or your cell phone in the back seat with them, something that you know you always carry with you and you always leave your car with. If Mm -hmm. it's with them, you're going to know that you have to go out to the back and grab it from them and get them out of the car. Um, Kids should never, ever be left in the car unattended. Yeah. Uh, and Crystal, before we let you go, thank you so much for all your time. But I got to ask you, at the beginning of the show, we asked what was our favorite vacation as a child. Yeah. We didn't let Crystal answer. Oh, what was your favorite vacation <laughs> as a child? So as a child, my family and I would always spend um, a week up at the Knobles, um amusement park. So many, many years of staying up there, going on the different rides. Um, as a child, and now we continue that tradition with my oh, own children currently. So that's very that's nice. Definitely, yeah, it's a fond memory for sure. All right, remember two hours screen time. That's all good. <laughs> I, know, I know. Don't I know. make her feel two guilty. Hours. That's it. Yep. <laughs> shut that down. Uh, we've been speaking to a pediatric nurse practitioner Crystal Trinkle. Thank you so much for joining us today, Crystal. Oh, thank you for having me. It was great speaking with you. To learn more about Lehigh Valley Riley Children's Hospital, visit lvhn.org slash children. And remember, be safe, be smart, and be the healthiest you.